Mike, I wanted to start the interview by asking you about the current season. You've played a limited schedule so far. As we speak, you've qualified in three of the four events you've entered, including one final and a semi-final at the Masters Grand Slam. But sometimes results aren't completely reflective of how a team is playing. How would you characterize your season so far? Yeah, I, I think you're right. Sometimes results don't necessarily uh, reflect uh, kind of the complete picture of how a team's playing, but... Um... I, I actually think in uh, our case it's a uh, it's a pretty pretty good picture of uh, of kind of you know some some good consistency that uh, we've been able to show and um, yeah I I think we're feeling pretty good uh, about where we're at uh, right now and at this point in the season. It's been quite the cycle for your team with a lot of ups and downs. I wanted to take you back to the early part of this cycle in 2014-2015. You were one of the few teams that stayed together following Sochi. How much of an advantage was it for you not to have to worry about a rebuild in the early part of the cycle and simply focus on improving and achieving results? Yeah, I, I'm not so sure it was uh, really much of a of a advantage um, when you look at the whole cycle you know, having stayed together. Um, we, we've been together so long that uh, it can be sometimes difficult to find new ways to improve and grow as a team. So we had our own challenges the past, uh, the past four seasons in, in, in their kind of own, own aspect as compared to teams that are just building and forming for the first time. So, you know, there's obviously a lot of familiarity and, and things like that, but, um, we we had to work really hard to to find areas to improve. Um, so, so yeah, I'm I'm not really sure how much of an advantage that was because it can be it can be a tough task uh, uh, with a team being together so long to finding ways to uh, to improve and and kind of set the bar higher, especially when your when your peers are are doing just that. This is a bit of a difficult question to answer, but in the first couple of years of this cycle, your team was in a zone, and it seemed like in every game you managed to pull off a couple of key shots when you needed them. For those of us that have been curling for a long time and have never even gotten a sniff of the zone, how does it feel and does it impact the way you approach game strategy when you feel like you can make anything? Yeah, the, you know, it doesn't always, you know, every event is a, is a little bit different, and, and as a player, sometimes I feel like a grind. And then there's times, um, you know, I can think of recently, if we go back to last season, towards the end of the year at the Players' Championship, you know, probably personally one of my, my best events of the year. And you kind of, yeah, you get into the zone, you get to a point where you feel like you can make everything. So it's, it's an amazing feeling when, when that happens and your confidence is, is so high. I think uh, perhaps something that we might do as as a team with strategy is we might take on a bit more risk uh, when we have some moments or some shots that uh, you know are, are maybe normally a low percentage type shot. Uh, we we might take that on more often if uh, you know if we've got some guys really rolling. Whereas if it's an event where you're grinding for for every extra point on the scoreboard and every win. Um, you uh, you kind of might have to take that in consideration, and uh, you know you might have to um, kind of reduce risk and and really plan on winning some very tight games with kind of strategy and scoreboard management. But uh, there's for sure been moments when we're rolling, feel like we can make everything, and when that's happened, we might look for uh, the big shot sometimes uh, a little bit more than we we'd uh, 
to other times. I've made a point over the past year not to mention the word Broomgate in any interview I've done, but you're one of the teams I got caught up in it because you had not only had a lot of success, but you were also sponsored by Hardline, which was a company that fairly or unfairly many people were pointing at during this controversy. How difficult was that period for you and the team both on and off the ice? That season, the Brushgate or Broomgate or whatever you want to call it season, uh, very difficult. We actually... You know, when when this was all unfolding, we we uh, you know we made a decision as a team to sort of not be in the limelight. We you know tried to do good things behind the scenes as far as you know trying to support the right direction and things like that. But but uh, we we really didn't uh, you know we weren't one of the you know the people banging the drums and you know really uh, I think. That was that was good for us to try to just um, kind of stay stay below the radar as much as we could, even though we were definitely one of the teams that benefited from from technology, if if you want to call it that. Uh, there's no doubt after reflection that we benefited from technology. We we had the best tools uh, for a period of time um, compared to perhaps what some other uh, teams were using, and um, we we tried as best we could to to kind of you know, support the movement, but kind of stay out of out of the limelight and let the you know we really felt that the governing bodies needed to step up and and make the changes. But uh, it was a it was a pretty difficult time because there was uh, there was a lot of misconceptions and and teams and people that probably didn't have the right info. Maybe uh, painted our team in a different light than than we should have been. Um, so it was a pretty difficult time. It was, it was very very strange strange uh, season with you know certain teams banding together and just trying to weather the storm and and get through it uh definitely uh you know definitely a very difficult time and and uh you know a season that uh i don't really look fondly upon even though you know our results are pretty good but um yeah it was it was a it was a dark time for for curling in general just as far as you know a, a lot of a lot of just the the overall feeling it wasn't a very friendly season and it was difficult to hear what uh maybe you know some people believed uh you know even competitors about each other and and unfortunately uh you know i i think some people just kind of got their emotions took over and and some things uh happened because of that were you know that were un- unfortunate and uh we were definitely one of the one of the teams that uh, you know we tried to stay away from letting that affect us or or getting involved in something that uh, you know we regret later. So we we did our best to to kind of hold up and and uh, wait for Curling Canada and the World Curling Federation to to do what needed to be done. And unfortunately, it just took a bit longer than than uh, I think we all had all hoped for. You were a dominant team on the World Curling Tour for several years, but for some reason, your team seemed to get tripped up at the provincials each season. How big was that monkey on your back getting, and how good did it feel to qualify for the Briar in Ottawa in 2016? Oh, that monkey got to be a gorilla. <laughs> it, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. It, it, winning that, finally winning that first provincial was just pure relief. It wasn't even fun <laughs> at the time. Um, it was just a big relief for me. Uh, I mean, each each one of my guys might have experienced it a little bit different but uh for me personally that was just a huge relief winning that first one 
and um, you know just not having to deal with the same questions year year in year out from the media and, and the same pressures and anxiety and it was just building as as the second place finishes piled up so yeah definitely definitely winning that first one just was just a massive relief and um, I think I've said this to a few people winning the second one was actually fun I've never had a provincials where it was fun to play in and for whatever reason um, that that pressure and anxiety was almost completely gone after winning the first one and actually really enjoyed the process the second time around so and we were probably given the way that season had went we we're a bit of an underdog uh, against uh, team Carruthers so maybe that played into it a little bit too but um, yeah just uh, you know the the media loves Manitoba provincials we have we have great exposure as far as how our province uh, really covers our provincial championships so it was just uh, so good for that same old story, story not to be written anymore. Mike, I'm not going to ask you about the nitty-gritty behind-the-scenes stuff from last season, but I think it's public knowledge that the team went through some tough times off the ice. How were you able to turn the page basically mid-season and go on to win the Provincials for a second straight time and come within a shot or two of the Briar final? You know, individually, our, our performances probably weren't uh, really, really that bad or that poor throughout the season. It's just... Um, I think as collectively as a team we weren't we weren't functioning very well and the biggest the biggest turning point for us was I, I think uh, we were just uh, a little bit of disconnect from understanding each other on an on a personal individual basis and and just uh, basically needing to give each other a bit more a bit more leash a little bit more of a break and uh, yeah we were we were being too hard on each other. And uh, when that, um, so basically, it was more the the kind of personal, mental, team dynamic side of the game that we just were so dysfunctional as a team for a few months that um, was really influencing our play. We would just we lost a ton of tight games, and we would find you know rather than finding a way to win and grinding something out, we would find a way to lose, and. Uh, so I mean, throwing the stone, the the shots being called was was not an issue, but we just didn't have that that uh, team harmony to really pull through in in uh, in tight games and, and against good competition. And somehow, you know, having that that turnaround in January, we were able to kind of put things into perspective and reframe and and find, you know, we we basically started having fun actually curling again and. Uh, it's kind of a little bit surreal that we're able to do that. Um, I think that's easier said than done, but somehow it happened. And uh, we actually started enjoying curling again, and, and all of a sudden, you know, it's not like we were throwing the rock different or calling different shots, but all of a sudden that, that kind of intangible effect, you know, the wind started coming around again. You basically got your groove back is what you're telling me. Yeah, and it was, then that groove led us, down like we had a really good back half of the year uh, other than I think other than uh, team Gushu we we're probably the you know the best trending team in, in curling at least uh, you know that's what it felt like uh, so yeah we felt uh, really good about how last season ended and then coming into this year we felt we felt like uh, finally this 
this was the direction that uh, would give us an opportunity in December that that we could actually say, you know, if we can continue continue that, we'll we'll have a legit shot uh, of uh, of winning the trials. After all that last season was for your team, how different was a mindset and preparation different for this season than it would have been for last season? Yeah, I think I think the big biggest thing with the mindset going into this year is a few things. A, a we've been together so long, so so there's definitely an appreciation of what's coming in the season. There's there's a, there's a big appreciation, and I think we're in a good place to enjoy what's coming. And if we can enjoy it, then then that type of pressure will will hopefully be maybe alleviated a little bit, but but definitely handled as best we can and. I think really we felt that we've been doing a lot of work for the, for a long time. So it wasn't like we were scrambling to get ready for the season. Um, we kind of had a mindset where it was more about maintenance. And uh, we we didn't feel like we had to scramble to, and all of a sudden have to uh, feel like we had to find find a whole bunch of different, like add things to our preparation and, and game. And I think, that's that's really benefited us as far as our start of the season. It's not like we were adding a whole ton of new things to you know to the to the recipe. So I think we're in a really good place where we've had some consistency, um, especially how we trended the last kind of four months of uh, the previous season into this. Uh, we've we've done yeah just that feeling that we've done we've done the work we've we've put in the time. And uh, for us, it's a lot about maintenance uh, going into December. Your team is one of only two teams returning to the trials this year with the same lineup as 2013. People talk about the trials being a different animal from any other curling event in Canada. What did you learn four years ago that will make it easier for you when the team gets to Ottawa? Yeah, four years ago, we were not ready. Uh, and, and us and a bunch of teams weren't ready, uh, as, <laughs> as, as uh, a lot of the, the win-loss records kind of showed. I, I we we learned a ton from that that situation about how we prepared and the amount of pressure that that we heaped upon ourselves and being a home trials potentially had an impact there with uh, kind of everything that was going on and and uh, everything that seemed to pile up. Uh, I you know I think old team Stoughton probably could have you know probably reflected some of the same same things that I just mentioned and. Then having definitely the 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 first briar, but probably more importantly the second briar, that experience of of kind of a long event over the course of uh, you know a good nine or ten days. What's needed in that time frame to uh, perform well and and be ready come the weekend. We actually, you know, that that was I think that's going to be instrumental to should we be able to to push into the final weekend for the trial. So kind of all those experiences, uh, having the first go at it, and um, we're close, we're a shot away from being in a tie break, but uh, did we have enough in the tank to finish it off? Nowhere, nowhere near close, even if we had made the tie break. And, uh, and kind of seeing how other teams faltered and, and uh, had really poor showings, that was big, learning from that, and, and these last two briars, especially the last one, kind of what it's going to take in the final weekend, uh, I, had we not had those experiences, I would say our, our chances uh, this time around would not be very good. But uh, having those experiences actually 
should we be playing well, we'll be kind of on the mental side of the game, we'll, we'll have those experiences that will really help us. There are several curling observers pointing to you as a team that could end up playing very deep into the weekend of the trials, with a lot of people thinking you're due for that big breakthrough win. How do you compartmentalize that external stuff, expectations put on a team by outside sources, and allow yourselves to focus on the process, and not on the results and the fact that you'll get to represent Canada at the Olympics should you win the event in Ottawa? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think it's easier to do that once you're actually on the ice plane to... Uh, then you're in your bubble. You're kind of doing what you do. I think where where you can run into pitfalls and trip up is is kind of how you handle the downtime and uh, kind of like I mentioned before, ha- having the experience of the trials before and then the couple of briars here. That's probably big. That that I think that's been the biggest learning is what to do with the time between games and. Um, because I think that's where you can trip up. Um, we can get in our bubble and play and play through a lot of distractions uh, when we're on the ice. But uh, when when it's downtime, I, I think that's that's the biggest learning that we've had in the last bit. Um, so so that'll be our our where we've got a lot of structure and a lot of things kind of pre-managed and scheduled, and maybe to some aspects a little bit insulated from kind of media and the other kind of distractors and, and, and expectation expectations that can kind of be heaped on you from, from certain areas of, of your life and, and, and media and social media. So I think we've got a good plan in that aspect to kind of put ourselves in that competitive playing bubble. You were in Sochi to watch your wife Dawn win Olympic gold. Did that experience make the fire within you burn even harder to get there yourself and experience it as an athlete and not as a proud husband and supporter? Oh, for sure. That that experience was out of this world, crazy. Just even even amplified by the the tens of billions of dollars that Russia put into that games. That's uh, you know that that was that was crazy. The setup that uh, I got to experience as a as a spectator. So for sure, that was very very motivating. Um, you know, very honored to you know even have gone as a as a family supporter to something like that. And you know what, it was, it was actually there where, um, you know, in Canada house over, uh, probably way too many Heineken. They couldn't, they couldn't get Molson Canadian. in, so I think they had Heineken in Canada house. And, uh, you know, I think that's where I had some really, really deep, uh, initial conversations with our sports psychologist, uh, kind of about where I was going as a player and where this team was going. And, and that was, uh, I think that was instrumental in, in kind of creating the relationship that we have with with uh, with him and and what we put together kind of the last, uh, during the cycle. And um, it's, it's, it's really changed how we, how we approach curling uh, a little bit. Uh, I, I mean, lots of things have changed in our lives as far as, uh, as far as family, but uh We've got a lot more kids running around now, but uh, yeah, the, just being exposed to that event and, and the people I've met, and and actually having a very direct relationship, obviously with Team Jones and how they approach uh, the game. Um, you know, I've been I've been very fortunate to learn from their team firsthand because uh, they they have been the best for a long time 
um, in how they approach and, and organize and manage uh, big events. So I've been very lucky to have learned firsthand uh, through my wife uh, kind of how, about the, how, how they go about their business. And finally, Mike, I realize that the focus for both of you is on your four-person teams and the trials in Ottawa, but if both your teams fail to advance to the Olympics, there's still a chance for you and Don to qualify for Pyeongchang in mixed doubles. Now, understanding that both of you would much rather qualify for the games in the four-person event, how cool would it be for you and Don if you were to win at the mixed doubles trials in Portage and represent Canada in mixed doubles at the Olympics? Yeah, I'd take it. <laughs> mixed doubles isn't necessarily my, my best discipline. But uh, I just actually just saw the trials field released uh, just the just the other day, and uh, you know I I think uh, Don and I have a decent chance. There's certainly a lot of really good Canadian teams in it, but um, yeah, if if that's how it goes down, we would you know we're going to put everything we can into that, uh, and we'll have you know we're fortunate enough to practice and uh, and play out of the same club, so. You know, we'll put a lot of time leading in to that uh, trials should should we both be eligible for that. And, you know, I would take any Olympic experience. Uh, so, you know, ha- having that opportunity to, to maybe represent Canada with, with my spouse would be, you know, crazy, crazy exciting. So uh, we'll, you know, should that, should that be the situation, we'll, we'll be uh, definitely pretty hungry to win and, in uh, Portage La Prairie, so uh, I'm excited about that as kind of a backup, backup second chance to get to the Olympics. Uh, it, it'll be fun, and uh, the the amount of good quality players that we have in that, uh, who, whoever wins, will be playing very, very well.